Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Greetings. I bring you greetings in the matchless name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us all the way live from Perth Amboy, New Jersey, here at the Church Kingdom Living Ministries. Thank you for your patience. I know we started a little bit late today, but it's all good. So we're going to dive into this word. I pray that your week was prosperous and you have been enjoying the leadership of peace, chasing peace, the leadership of the spirit, the inner knowing, the inner witness. And so we're going to continue on with our series, The Leadership of the Holy Spirit. I pray that this is blessing you. Make sure you put comments if you're looking on YouTube or even on Facebook, share it, subscribe to our page and so forth. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. And we're going to dive right into this word. I have something from the Lord that I believe will bless you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. Pray not on me, but all of you. I pray for supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly may know the mysteries of the gospel. Father God, make my tongue of a pen of a ready writer. Thank you for divine utterance. Holy Spirit, help me to connect my tongue to my spirit. May I speak from my spirit and not just my mind. May you minister to people where they are. May they clearly hear your voice, recognizing your promptings and your leader, your leadership. Thank you so much, Father, for sending us your spirit. You didn't trust us only to your angels, but you gave us your spirit. And I thank you that he is the greatest person on the earth, the Holy Spirit. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Thank you for the precious Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for being our father. Thank you for adopting us into your family translating us into the kingdom of your dear son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying in our place. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for taking our place on the cross, being raised for our justification, and that, Lord, you are, you are ascended up on high. Now you sit at the right hand of the Father, and you ever live to make intercession for us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for sending the Holy Spirit for indwelling us, for he lives on the inside of us. May we become aware of he who is in us than more than anyone else. May we be more aware of his presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our comforter, being our guide, being our teacher, being our personal tutor. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding us of the word of God. Thank you, for Father, for sealing us with the Holy Spirit. We're not without help. We're not without a spiritual advantage. We thank you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord. This, this sermon means nothing if your spirit does not breathe upon it. I thank you for taking these mere words and 
and and imprinting it upon the hearts and the minds of your people. Thank you. We praise you. Just lift up your hands wherever you are. And I want you to just to tell the Lord how much you love him. I love you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. God, I thank you for being God. Thank you for being the Lord. For you are the Lord and there is no other. For you are the great I am. For you, there is no one who stands like you. There is no one who, who are you. Are, you are in a class by yourself. You sit high and you look low and you are mighty. Your hand is mighty to save. Your hand is mighty to deliver. Your, your, your hand is mighty to set free. Your hand is mighty to provide. Your hand is mighty to, to bring understanding. Thank you. Thank you, Father. We praise your name. We praise, may the name of the Lord go forth and be exalted, even as it was with the earlier church. May the name of Jesus be exalted. And we praise you. We glorify the name of God. We praise the name of Jesus. We thank you for that name that is greater than every other name. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We praise you. We glorify you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. In Jesus' name, we glorify you. We love you with all of our hearts. We love you with all of our minds. We love you with all of our being. We love you. We praise you for you are the Lord and we love you, Lord, this morning. We thank you, Father. Though we're not meeting in person, I thank you that your presence trans it, it, it goes beyond this um, technology, and it reaches the hearts and the minds and the bodies of people. Even now, your power is at work healing people in Jesus' name. I come against arthritis in Jesus' name. I command arthritis to cease its operation in the, in the body of your people, Father. I curse arthritis right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, if you have arthritis, I speak to that arthritis and I command it to leave your body. Arthritis of the hands and of the joints, I curse you in Jesus' name. Command arthritis to leave your body. Claim that if that's you, claim it and, and, and receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, we're going to dive right into this. We're talking about the spiritual advantage you know, God's people, who, who people, the people of God, the people who've been set apart by the Lord, the people who've been redeemed, been set free from sin, God's people have a spiritual advantage over the world. And today I want to talk about this spiritual advantage in light of the inner witness. Last couple of weeks we've been talking about peace. Peace is a a manifestation of the inner witness. So we're going to go to our familiar passages, our familiar texts, and then we're going to dive into the third part of the manifestation. But I want you to realize that you and I have a spiritual advantage over the world. And, and I'm going to 
explain that in a minute. All right, so if you have your Bibles, go with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Thank God for his word. His word never gets tired, never gets boring. His word is, is, is powerful. It's alive. We can, we can look at the same scriptures a million years from now, still not extract all the revelation that's in that scripture. Romans chapter 8, and let's jump right into, normally we'll start at 12, but we're going to jump right into 14. It says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For ye did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So we see verses 14 through 16, we see that as children of God, we can expect to be led by the Spirit of God. So say, I, as a child of God, expect to be led by the Spirit of God. Spirit of God wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to help you every moment of the day. Let's go to Proverbs 20. Proverbs 20, verse 27. It wouldn't do you any harm to memorize these verses. They are very powerful. Proverbs 20, 27. It says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his innermost parts. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. And so another way of saying it, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord or the light bulb of the Lord. So God uses our spirits to enlighten us. Now, we, we've talked about it quite often. We talk about that you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. And, and now we're diving into that the fact that God leads us by our spirit, man. The more aware you are of your spirit is the more aware you are, you are of the leadership of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of your spirit. And so as you become conscious of your spirit and, and sensitive to your spirit, you'll realize that God leads us through our spirit. Many a times, God's people are looking to be led externally. They're looking for a sign in the wonder. They're looking for a prophetic word. But God leads us by our spirit. It's nothing new, just a reminder. Um, I, I believe that repetition is one of the best teachers. And when you hear me say it again and 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 again, you will be conscious of it and it'll be stuck in your heart and your mind. Because we, one of the greatest things that you can learn is to learn how to be led by the Spirit. I remember being a young lad in the faith, um, a teenager, and I was convinced that if I could hear from God, that I, could, I, I will have it made. And I still believe that. I believe that the key to um, the answer to a million questions is to be led by the Spirit. Learning how to be led by the Spirit, it, it, it's, it's important. It will save your life. It will save your children's life. It will set you up for the rest of your life. Learning how to be led by the Spirit, recognizing the leadership of the Spirit. And we said that the Word of God is the number one way in which the Lord leads us. We, we, we can read through the Scriptures and we, we can see what the Lord tells us what to do. And, and on top of that, we also 
are to be led by the inner witness. And we find that in Romans 8, where it says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if the spirit of God can tell you that you are a child of God, he also can tell you which direction to go. He'll prompt you and lead you by your inner witness. And there's five main ways in which the inner witness is manifested. We said one is manifested through the inner knowing, 1 John 2, 20. The spirit lets us know that we know, that you know that you know that you know that you know that you know. There's a knowing on the inside of it, just like you know that you're a child of God, right? because of the word of God and because the inner witness. And then an, another manifestation of the inner witness is peace. We talked to quite extensively about peace. We talked about the leadership of peace. We, talk about, we talked about chasing peace and how peace is important. We need to always look to the peace of God and peace is how God lives. And I pray that this week was filled with peace. Learn to rely and look for the peace of God. Pray that you can pray yourself into peace. You can worship yourself into peace. You, you can meditate yourself into peace. Peace is available to every child of God. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon Jesus. Jesus not only gave us peace with God, but he also got us peace from God. And we know from Isaiah chapter 6, it says, that, that Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And in Ephesians 2, he says, it says that he is our peace. So peace is so important to the people of God. And that's, that's the thing that is going to sustain us. When there are challenges, when you have the peace of God, nothing can hold you back. The, Jesus said it in John chapter 14. He says, my peace I leave with you. I give you peace. And in the world, we'll have tribulation, but in Christ, we'll have peace and we'll have victory. Amen. All right. So today we're talking about the spiritual advantage. So I looked up the word advantage. It's simply the noun of this particular word means a condition or circumstance that puts one in a favorable or superior position. A condition or circumstance that puts one in a favorable or superior position. The verb of this word, advantage, means to put in favorable or more favorable position. So we can see that the word advantage simply means to be put in a favorable position. The spiritual advantage we have over the world. We have the spiritual, as some would say, the spiritual edge. We, we have a spiritual insight, ins, inside information. We have something something greater than the world. The world can only rely on their knowledge. They only rely on um, their, what they see, what they hear, what they feel, their five senses. But we rely on the Word of God, and we rely on the Holy Spirit. We, um, one of the, some of the spiritual advantages that we have over the world, we have the Word of God. The Word of God makes gives us a spiritual advantage. When we take that word, we speak it, we pray it, we baptize our mind in that word, we 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 fellowship around the word. We know that the word is powerful. We defeat the enemy with the word. The Bible is called the sword of the spirit. So we take that word and we we poke the devil with it. We quote the scriptures to him. We remind him what God says. We remind God what he says in his word. We get we give God his word 
back to him in prayer. And so we there are there are that gives us an advantage. And then we have the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is an, a spiritual advantage. We can take that name. Again, we could come against the enemy in that name. We can pray in that name. We can speak to circumstances and situation in that name. There is something to be said about the name of Jesus. When you're, when you're facing fear, you can resist fear in the name of Jesus. When you have anxiety or the temptation to be anxious, you can resist it in the name of Jesus or temptation, just the temptation to sin. Take the name of Jesus and use it. And we have of course, the Holy Spirit, which we're going to dwell on tonight, today. The Holy Spirit gives us that spiritual advantage. The Holy Spirit helps us um, so much more. Um, there, there is such an, an advantage in, in, in relying on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been sent to us to help us. He has been sent to help us. And we need to rely on Him. Have you ever noticed that with some people... The Holy Spirit seems to help them a little bit more than others. The Holy Spirit, you can never ask God for too much help. And I think even me, I've been tempted to say, oh, he, he did that before and I don't want to bother him. But he's been sent to help us. I'm telling you, I always, I, I look to the Holy Spirit often for things. And if, if I'm missing something, if I need help with a project, or if I, I need help with strength, Holy Spirit knows all things, and we need to release His ministry in our lives. We need to embrace His ministry. We need to rely on Him. The Holy Spirit knows your body better than you. The Holy Spirit knows your mind. He knows how to reach people. He knows the solution. At one point, I was—I'll never forget—I was working for an individual. And they were very hard to deal with. And, and so I asked the Holy Spirit to help me. And he gave me some words on the inside of me to give me wisdom how to, how to have favor with this individual, my, one of my employers. Uh, and, and I'm telling you, the Lord is so faithful. So look to the Holy Spirit to help you every single day. The Holy Spirit can help you get, get rid of the pain. I'm, I'm thinking of a missionary that I once heard when I was a teenager, and this missionary was facing cancer. Cancer had attacked her body. The Holy Spirit gave her the wisdom how to get the, how to get the cancer out, and she turned around and told the doctors, and guess what? They they took her advice, or took the Holy Spirit advice, and was able to get her cancer free. Holy Spirit, and some may say, well, why didn't it just the Holy Spirit just heal her? We know that God uses medicine. He uses um, doctors to help people. And so the Holy Spirit will help you even in helping other people to help you. Rely on him. I, I, I can't emphasize that enough. <clears throat> is that the Spirit of God wants to help you. He wants to help you, and I'm going to keep saying it. He wants to help you in every area of your life. Look to the Lord. Look to the Holy Spirit to lead you. All right, let's talk about these five manifestations of the inner witness. So we said inner peace, 
uh, inner knowing, I'm sorry, peace, and we're going to talk about it, it seems good, perception, and the inner voice. Once again, we have a spiritual advantage. We have the spiritual edge over the world. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> the Holy Spirit will give you inside information. What are you talking about? Inside information, he'll actually give you, he'll let you know what's going on at your job without you being any, in any kind of meetings. He'll let you know what's going on in your marriage, in your He'll let you know what's going on in a, a friendship. He'll let you know what's going on in your body. We, we, we just don't take advantage of this. Often we just, you know, try, we rely on our own self. We need to use our brain, our minds, right? But we don't need to trust in our minds. And I think that's, that's the point. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your spirit. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Learn to acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Learn to acknowledge his presence. When he does something for you, when you ask him, perhaps looking for a solution for a situation, learn how to thank him. I often, I say, Lord, um, Holy Spirit, you know exactly where this book is. You know exactly where how to get rid of this pain in my body. Give me wisdom. Lead me out of this pain. And he will. He has done it time and time again. And guess what? I remind myself to give thanks. Thank you. Thank you for leading me. Thank you for guiding me. You cannot ask God for too much help. Now, you, you can get, there are natural things you can do. And, and we're not taken away from that. But the, the, the spiritual advantage is the Holy Spirit leading and guiding. He knows how to get you out of the mess that you're in right now. Whether it's a mess in your mind, a mess in your body, a mess in your finances, a mess in a relationship. He knows how to get you out and get you out in a way that will bring glory to God the Father. And so look to him. Rely on him. Take advantage, if I can say that without it sounding some crazy way, take advantage of his ministry. He has been sent to help you. If someone has been assigned to help you, it will be ignorant of you to, to not take advantage of that help. If there are things that have been set up in the system or in this world to assist you, to help you, why not take advantage of it, all right? And so today we're going to talk about it seems good. Now, the foundation of hearing from God, it is the word of God, and it is the inner witness. The foundation of hearing from God is the word of God and the inner witness. If somebody gives me a prophetic word, first, it doesn't line up with the word of God. We need to judge prophecy. We really do need to judge prophecy. Just because somebody prophesies to you doesn't necessarily mean that it's, it's from God. And, and if somebody does prophesy to you, then don't, um, don't just um, expect it to come to pass without you working that word, all right? Well, that's a whole nother situation. Now, I think people a lot of times have problems with people saying that they hear from God, right? Oh, I heard from God. The Lord said this, and the Lord said that. 
Well, that that really shouldn't bother us. What should bother us is that we don't have enough people hearing from God, right? They they're not they're not hearing much from the Lord. And granted, there are people who are are saying these things to try to please us or try to you know give some get some type of favor with us. And I don't I don't move on everything that someone says. The Lord told me to tell you this. Well, one, if, if it doesn't line up with the word, I throw it out. Or it doesn't line up with my inner witness. If it does not bear witness with my spirit when I hear it, I put it on the back burner or I throw it away. Because I'm not moved by that. Just because someone says it's the Lord doesn't necessarily mean that you should move on it. If you're single and the Lord and, and somebody says, oh, the Lord told me that you're my spouse, oh, throw it away. I mean, that's, that's, they just trying to manipulate you. Oh, the Lord told me to tell you to lend me some money. No, 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 no. Because if the Lord told, if the Lord told them to lend you some money, the Lord would tell them and not you through them, right? We, we don't want to get flaky. Th those things right there is people try to manipulate. There is a such thing as prophetic witchcraft where people are trying to control people and they use it in the name of prophecy, right? So we're talking about the spiritual advantage. The Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us. So let's take a look at a few scriptures dealing with it seems good. So if you have your Bibles, go with Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, and let's look at verses 1 through 4. Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. It says, And as much as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also having followed all things closely for some time past to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So we see here that Luke wrote the gospel of Luke to Theophilus based on it seemed good. He didn't do it because he, the Lord told him in a vision or he heard the voice of God, but based on it seemed good. There is something to be said based on it seemed good. Not that it feels good, but it seems good. All right, I'm going to give you a couple more scriptures. Go with me to Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. Now, it seems good is a manifestation of the inner witness. Acts chapter 15, verse 22. Acts chapter 15, verse 22. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. And, and it, it talks about these men. So they, with the elders and the apostles and the whole church, they went based on it seemed good. Jump down to verse 25. It says, It has seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Jump down to verse 28. 
It says, and for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit to and to, and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements. So notice that the disciples in the earlier church made decisions based on it seemed good. So we got the inner knowing where you know that you know that you know. There, there is supernatural knowledge that God gives you. There's a supernatural know, knowing. Then we have the peace of God. Another manifestation of it seems good. So if you go to purchase a house and you check on the inside of you, practice this. You want to practice this in small things, whether, you know, from buying groceries or maybe a time to go to sleep. Go based on it seems good. I'm not talking about feel good. I didn't say it feels good, but I'm talking about it seems good. There is a that is a manifestation of of the inner witness, that it pleases the Holy Spirit inside of you. On the inside of your spirit, you have a, in your seamer, if I can say, that this is a good thing. It, it's not always cut black and white where you know, you know, the decision that you're trying to make, that that's the decision that you should make. But you go based on your spirit, man. Remember, the more aware you are of your spirit, the more you can recognize the leadership of the spirit. The Luke, Dr. Luke, wrote the book of Luke based on it seemed good. He didn't go by a voice. He didn't go by a vision, but he went based on what was in his spirit. And if you'll learn how to train your spirit when it comes to the inner witness, I'm telling you, this is just as, just as supernatural as a dream from God. I think that we have reduced the leadership of the spirit to something that is based on this external, that's based on our flesh. But it seems good. It, it takes time. It takes time to develop this. It's take, it takes time to pay attention to it. On the inside of you, it's, it's just a prompting. Your spirit is settled. Many, sometimes what we use, we, we talk about, I, I got a check in my spirit about somebody. What does that mean, a check? Like a check mark? Like the, the, a warning or a, a reservation or something like an intuition. But it's deeper than just an in, intuition. And I'm not knocking intuitions, but something deeper than that, something that goes into your spirit. When you hear somebody ministering and, and you can tell that they're ministering from their spirit, man, it's not just to your mind or your emotions, but it goes right to your spirit. And so learn to follow. It seems good. When you, when you're purchasing something, does it seems good? When you go for an interview, does it seems good? When you come in contact with somebody, it seems good. Or perhaps someone talks to you about something that's going on in their life, check on the inside of you. So my wife and I, we often, we hear from God. We, I, I would even venture to say we hear from God daily, and we do. And sometimes it's about the church. Sometimes it's about our children. Sometimes it's about other people. Sometimes it's about a decision that we're making. Husbands and wives need to not 
totally rely on their spouse for the leadership of the spirit, but they should check with each other. Don't just go totally on your spouse. You know, what did God say to you? That's what I want to do. But go together, right? God, if, if it's something from God, it, it, especially in a covenant relationship like a husband and wife, there should be a echoing of that, that leadership of the spirit. There should be a peace between both. I'm not saying that you always agree mentally or emotionally, but on the, down on the inside of you, it should be a, in your, or if I could say the seamer, it seems good that this is the direction that we should go. Husbands and wives are team, right? It's a team. They're, 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 they're working. They're one. They're, they're on the same page. They should be on the same page. That's work, right? They should be on the same, not only the same page, but they should be on the same sentence. Not only should they be on the same sentence, they should be on the same word. Not only should they be on the same word, they should be on the same letter, all right? That, that's, the, that's the focus of being one. Now, it's one thing to get be one in, you know, oh, one um, intimacy, but it's another thing to be a one on this, in communication, one mind, one faith, even thinking great thoughts after each other, after God, all right? Sorry about that. I got something stuck in my tooth. I, I, I actually had some popcorn because I'm just coming from work, so I ate some popcorn just to stay up. <laughs> um, but, but, Husbands and wives need to follow the seamer. They need to look to the inner witness. If the Lord can give you a inner witness that you are his child, then you can, you can trust the Lord to give you an inner witness as it relates to the decisions that you make, the, the, the decisions that you make in life. We, we make a lot of decisions. I think when I started this, we talked about the thousands and thousands of decisions that we make per day. It was some ridiculous number. Up, to, up I think it was 35,000 decisions that we make every day. So learn how to follow your seamer. When you go and, 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 you know, perhaps you're looking to do something, whether, you know, about your body. I, I realized that, in order to get the max out of my body, I'm going to have to rest, right? I, I think they, they're saying that the average person should really sleep seven to eight, seven to nine hours. We need seven to nine hours to, to maximize the energy that we have. Sometimes what we do, we just try to take shortcuts and says, oh, I'm going to only sleep four hours. There are times you have to do that. But we, we should look. When I heard that, read that, to, as far as me, it seems good that that's the, that's the direction of the Lord. That's the will of the Lord. Because the, they're, what they're saying is, if you don't sleep enough, you are predisposed to di diabetes. You're predisposed to heart disease and so many other things. Also, if you're sitting down at a desk all day, they, they, you know, they're saying that it's not healthy. Get up every, I think, three hours to get up and do something, maybe every couple hours. Get up and walk. If you can't have a standing desk, look for ways to exercise. This is why often I, I, I say, well, you need to park, find a parking space that's far so that you can get some exercise in. And even if you're not you know, lifting weights or anything, at least if you're walking every day, I think I, I'm not sure what the, the, 
the average that you should be walking, but you need to do something, right? The Spirit of God will lead you, and based on it seems good, you'll know this is the direction I should go. And that's how God leads us. You'll know, you'll have a knowing, you'll have peace, and it, it, it'll just seem good. It'll, seems, it'll seem good to your spirit. Like, yeah. If, if that seamer is disturbed, it's better for you to miss it and to go with it than for you to go with it and end up violating what's on the inside of you. Don't override the Holy Spirit when he leads you. Remember, sometimes people are looking for a voice. They're looking for God to speak to them just like I'm speaking to you now. That is not the prim primary way in which he, he's going to speak to you. He's going to speak to you things that are described or that, that are outlined in the scriptures. So learn to look to it seems good. Notice it seemed good to Luke to write the gospel of Luke to this man. It seemed good to the apostles and elders and the whole church to select certain men for ministry. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and the apostles to what? For these requirements that not to burden the people more than these requirements. And so go based on it seem good. Not that it feels good, but it seems good. You're saying this a lot. Guess, guess what? You need to hear it. Because I'm sure you haven't heard this a lot. Sometimes people just talk about the voice of God and, and God said and the Lord wants to speak to us. But we need to recognize what the word of God says and how God leads us according to his word. God does not lead us according to our desires. He doesn't lead us according to our preferences. It would be great if I every time I want to hear from God, I'm hearing a voice like you hear mine, an audible voice. It would be nice that every time I need to make a decision, I got a dream. But I'm telling you, child of God, that those are low forms of leadership. The way that he's going to lead you is based on your spirit man. Remember, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. So God is going to lead you by your spirit. And many believers don't recognize his leadership. One thing he'll do, he'll bring some joy when he's leading you. I'm going to give you an example of this. I, grew, I went to Bible college at 19, uh, and, and that, that was a, a choice that I made based on the inner witness. The Lord did speak to me in my heart, and in my heart, I knew that was the decision. And I don't regret, that was one of the best decisions that I ever made in my life outside of receiving Christ and receiving the Holy Spirit, walking by faith, choosing my wife, having my boys. That was one of the best decisions I've ever made is going to this Bible college. It transformed my life. All right. Then there was, you know, I, I, I had it in my heart to go to college. And there were people around me at the time that was trying to discourage me. Oh, you don't need that degree. You got the spirit of the Lord. The Lord will lead you. Thank God I didn't listen to them, right? 
Thank God. I, I And so one day I was just explaining to my parents. I said, hey, I think I'm going to go to community college. I just had it in my heart. And it seemed good on the inside of me that that, that was the direction. And I'm telling you, you need to follow that which the Lord had places inside of you, in your seamer. It, it seems good at this time to go to school. It seems good at this time to make this decision. It seems good at this time. And, 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 and even when you wake up, sometimes when you're waking up, check on the inside of you. The Spirit of God will lead you what to eat. He knows the way your body operates, what's going to be, what, what's going to get the max. Of, of the energy that you need. He, he'll lead you and guide you when it comes to prayer. He may tell you to get up to pray for somebody. You don't even know. You may just start out praying in tongues and you're praying for somebody in another country because the Lord need is in need of you to follow your spirit, man. Or, or perhaps the Lord is leading you to, to spend some extra time reading a certain passage or, or, or storing up the word. Listen, if you need, if if you wait until you cancer or some kind of sickness or disease hits your body before you start feeding your faith along the lines of healing, you're probably going to be too late. And so the Spirit of God will lead you concerning the attacks that the enemy will bring your your way later on in life. Perhaps there's a trial or a tribulation that is coming your way, and Spirit of God will lead you to prepare for the trial. I'm telling you, Spirit of God is awesome. Let's just praise God for the Spirit of God. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you that we, we have the spiritual advantage. I thank you that the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. The scripture that I'm thinking of right now is in John, and I believe it's um, out of the King James, John chapter 16. It talks about the Spirit of God leading us and guiding us concerning the future. So if you have your Bibles, go over there. It's between John 14 and 16. You say, well, that's saying a lot. John chapter 14. Let's look at John chapter 14, uh, 16, I'm sorry. John chapter 16, verse 13. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of himself, but whatever, whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Spirit of God will show you things to come. Did you hear me? This is a passage that you should, should, should memorize. John chapter 16, verse 13. Spirit of God will show you things to come. So you need to prepare for the battle that is ahead or the battles that are in head. God knows what the enemy has planned for you. You need to get his wisdom. You need to fill yourself up with the word. You need to fill yourself up with, with, with the spirit of God, with praise and worship, because those things will prepare you for the battles that are ahead of you. I'm talking to somebody. I know I'm talking to, based on it seems good. I know what I'm saying is re reality. Listen to me. If you ever listened to me before, listen to me right now. You need to prepare yourself for the battles, both individually as well as our nation is concerned. Prepare for the battles that are ahead of us. Well, how do you do that, Pastor Dwayne? By storing the word of God in your heart. 
by praying in the spirit, by praying the word of God, by making sure you have the shield of faith, make sure you, you, you have the helmet of salvation. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. Prepare yourself for the battles that are ahead. Notice I said battles, plural, battles that are ahead. We need to prepare ourselves. Fill yourself up with the word. Fill yourself up with the with, with, with understanding of the name of Jesus. Understand, resist fear. Learn to develop a fearless life. Learn to develop a fearless life. Don't be afraid of the opinions of men. Learn to not live back. Don't, be, don't allow insecurities to hold you back from the dreams that God has given you. Don't be insecure by someone else thriving in their, in their calling. But instead, you, you know, understand who you are. Understand what God has called you to. I don't know. I don't even know why I got onto this, but it seems good to me and the Holy Spirit to tell you to prepare yourself for the battles. Prepare yourself for what God has for you. Sometimes what we do is we just pray, pray. Oh, God, give me this. God, you know, I don't know what I walk in what you know and you, God will reveal to you what you don't know. Walk in what you know. And God will reveal to you what you don't know when you need to know it. Don't try to pressure the hand of God to give you stuff. God is not going to tell you everything that he has for you in prayer or through a prophetic word or through a dream. He's not going to tell you what's ahead of you. When I say that, what I'm saying is he's not going to tell you all of the plan of God. He's not going to tell you all what the enemy has in store for you. Instead, he'll lead you step by step. Notice, we walk by faith. We don't take leaps of faith. We walk by faith. All right, let me get back to my notes. The spiritual advantage. The spiritual advantage. So we see it seems good. The Spirit of God will lead you based on it seems good. That is a manifestation. When you meet somebody and, you know, maybe you're doing, dealing with some, some projects at your apartment, your house, or, or even at work, go based on it seems good. Follow, learn to follow the inner witness. It may not make sense up here in your mind, but if it makes sense to your spirit, follow it. All right. My next one, next manifestation of the inner witness is perception. Perception. Go back to Luke. Luke chapter 5. Perception. It's not always the Lord said. The Lord said. I would even venture to say is most of the time it's not the Lord said. It, you may not necessarily hear words. Or it, it, it may not necessarily be a voice. Remember, it's a, it's a knowing, just a knowing your, in your knower. It, there's peace. You know, you make decisions based on peace. What, what's in your spirit? What, what has the Lord granted to you? Is there peace? Is there a knowing? Is it, does it seem good to you to go in this direction? And then, and, the, and the next one is perception. Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, verse 22. It says, when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them. Why do you question in your hearts? Notice here's the son of God, son of man, perceiving things, perceiving people's thoughts. There are sometimes 
when I'm ministering, I perceive, spiritually speaking, people's thoughts. I know something on the inside of me of what people are thinking about what I'm saying. I know it. I'm telling you, I've, I, I've since, I, I, I can smell it, in, if I can say that, in the spirit, doubt and unbelief. Or I can sense, I can perceive faith. This person got it. Perception. There is a thing, there's natural perception and then there's spiritual perception. Here, Jesus spiritually perceived what was in the hearts of people. And he understood. There are times, I'm telling you, just I just know. When you're talking to somebody, you, 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 there is a perception. So what we try to do is we try to spiritualize it. And, oh, the Lord just showed me you don't believe. No, I mean, that might be the case, but it's, don't, don't be so quick to say the Lord said. Don't be so quick to say that. Sometimes it's just a spiritual perception. Luke, let, let's go to another one, Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. Let's look at verse 9. Acts chapter 14, verse 9 says this. He listened to Paul speaking, and Paul, looking intensively at him, said that he had faith to be made well. King James says, Paul perceived that he had faith. There's a thing of spiritual perception. You kind of perceive some things. When you're, when you're in prayer, sometimes when you Praying, especially if you're praying in other tongues, sometimes you'll have a spiritual perception of what you're praying about. You'll get a sense. You'll perceive some things. Here Paul perceived that the man had faith to walk. He was crippled. And Paul it says he had seen that he had faith. Spiritual eyes. We, we, you should pray for your spiritual eyes to be open. Lord, I pray that you'll open the spiritual eyes of your people. May we learn how to perceive things the way that you see them. You may be dealing with somebody who lacks understanding. You just perceive that they don't understand what you're saying. I'm not talking about naturally speaking. I'm talking about spiritually there is, you need to have, you need to learn to sharpen your spiritual sight. Learning how to perceive things correctly. You, you know, you can see things in people. You, you, that, there is a perception that we need to walk into. All right, and my last scripture is Acts, that's dealing with the perception, is Acts 27. Acts 27. And let's look at verse 10. Acts 27, verse 10 says this. It says, And said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only, on, not only of the landing, a lading, lading and ship, but also of our lives. He, here's Paul. He says, I perceive that this voyage or this trip will be with, with hurt and much damage. Sometimes you can know that there is trouble coming. You perceive that, spiritually speaking. Notice that Paul did not necessarily say, the Lord said there was going to be some damage. There, there's going to be some, some, 
some, some challenges ahead of us. No, he just says, I perceive. So we see, and, and, and we'll, we'll deal with next week the inner voice or the voice of our conscience, and we'll go into some other ways in which the Lord leads us. So we have the inner knowing, we have peace, we have it seems good, and we have perception. Learn how to follow the inner witness. Learn to know, to follow your knower. Learn to follow the peace of God. Learn to follow it seems good. And learn to perceive things, spiritually speaking. Learn how to, and I'm telling you, your whole life will begin to change. I got some, some applications, all right? Applications. Remember this. Holy Spirit knows your body. He knows your job. He knows direction. Um, give you, let me give you a couple stories. <sighs> a couple stories that will help you. There was a lady, husband and wife, um, they, they, were, they had this um, traveling van. I think it was like a S, um, one of those traveling things with, that has bathrooms and whatnot. You can stop. Trailers, one of them trailers. I don't know exactly what they call it. SV. What's that? RV. RV, SV, RV. <laughs> RV. And so they were trying to, you know, start it or whatever. And they weren't even really praying. And the husband was trying to do everything. And the woman says, I keep getting a light bulb, light bulb, light bulb. And, <laughs> and so the guy ended up getting a mechanic trying to look at it, and guess what? There were no light bulbs in the entire RV. And I'm telling you, something simple like that. Another story was a couple, they were, they were supposed to be somewhere preaching. And they had, they had the direction, at least they thought they had the direction. They'd never been to this city, and they were running late. They, they had left early, but they couldn't find the place. And the woman says, you know, I'm getting newspaper. We need to stop and pull over and get a newspaper. And so um, the, the husband didn't pay attention. Like, why would we need to get a newspaper? Just get, go, go in and get a newspaper. Long story short, he went in and got a newspaper from a little corner store. And she began to look in the newspaper while he was driving. And she looked under the religious section of the newspaper. And it had their picture on it with the name and the address of the church and a map to the church. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, learn to pay attention to your spirit. Learn to follow that which is on the inside of you. And sometimes it's just so subtle that you, 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 not, you might not even know it, but you might miss it. I had, you know, as some of y'all know, I'm in, I'm in school. I'm, I'm going after my PhD. In 3.5 years, I'll be Dr. PD, a doctor pastor, or Dr. Dwayne Wright, Dr. Dwayne L. Wright, however you want to call me. And I had a, a project due on Friday, and, and I was trying to get ready to go to work. And I was like, Lord, I just I, I need some grace. And sometimes the project, I mean, they pose a question. Sometimes it could take five hours to answer the question. And so I'm like, Lord, I need some help, you know. And I just looked to the Lord. I looked to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gave me what I needed to say, and he helped me with this project. 
and I got the max grade on the project. I'm telling you, this, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is real. And you'll learn to look to him. So these are some of the things I have. Um, I actually lied. I do have a, a script, another scripture um, to give you before I let you go. And that is 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Let's go over there real quick. Are you getting anything out of this? I pray that it's blessing you as much as it's blessing me. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, there is an ongoing fellowship. We need this fellowship. Learn to talk to the Holy Spirit. We're not to pray to the Holy Spirit. We're to pray to the Father. And it's similar to the way the disciples dealt with Jesus. They never prayed to Jesus, but they often, they would, they talked to Jesus. They asked Jesus questions. This was a demonstration of the believer's relationship with the Holy Spirit, like the disciples' relationship with Jesus. Learn to ask questions. If you're having doubt about something, Lord, why is it that I couldn't cast out the devil? Holy Spirit will tell you why. Or, Holy Spirit, why is it that I'm not walking in complete healing? Or I don't, you know, what, what is hindering me from receiving everything that you have for me? If you'll pray that, something simpler like that, or talk to the Holy Spirit, something like that, the Holy Spirit will show you. Uh, you may want to pray for strength to hear what the Holy Spirit will tell you because the Holy Spirit will tell you the truth. He's the spirit of truth and he'll show you where you're missing it. Never to condemn you, but always to exhort you, to correct you, to bring correction, reproof and to bring you up. The Holy Spirit will bring you up. So th there are some reasons why we don't have uh, the, the spiritual advantage that we should have. One is unfaithfulness. Some of us are just unfaithful. We're unfaithful to God in so many ways. We're unfaithful at our job. There was one man, who, who, young man, who was, oh, I have this call. I've heard this a lot. Everybody's talking about their call. I got a call. I got a call. I got a call. Okay. Welcome to the body of Christ. Everybody in the body of Christ has a call. <sighs> Sometimes I perceive people's callings even before they do. Sometimes I see things in people that they don't see in themselves, and I believe that's just the gift of, of uh, that, that accommodates pastors. Parents as well. Parents will perceive things in their children. If you'll pay attention, the Spirit of God will show you the callings and the, the destinies of your children, and he'll lead you how to cultivate those things and set your children up for success. So... This young man, he's like, I'm called, I'm called, I'm called, I'm called, I'm called. Oh, this great calling. And this pastor who was mentoring him says, you know, I do sense a calling on him. And so he goes to talk to the Lord about him. And the Lord says, I'm not going to do another thing in his life until, until, until he does what I told him to do. I told him to, one, get a job and keep it. Two, to get in church and stay faithful. Unfortunately, there are a lot of Christians who, who sense this calling, and just because you sense a calling does not necessarily mean that you're called to preach. And I think we, may, we have made, I'm talk, not talking about just here at KLM, but in general, we made the terrible dis mistake 
of rushing someone right to the pulpit because we sense a calling. What it is is when people start getting serious about God, they'll sense a calling, a calling to do something. It's not always to preach and teach. Everybody want to be behind the pulpit. All right. There's very few people who are called to the fivefold ministry. There are people who are just called to do some other things in life, maybe entrepreneur. Now, the, the mistake that some people make is they try to do everything, right? They, there's only one Bishop Jakes. Bishop Jakes, he, he got his hands in, in, in um, he, you know, of course, he's a pastor. He's a teacher of the word. Then he, he's doing, you know, he, he has some businesses. You can't do everything. You got to follow your grace. You got to stay in your lane. So this, so this one guy, the Lord said that he had told him to get a job and keep it. Some, sometimes reason why people are not promoted in the kingdom of God is because they don't even keep a job. You know, God, it's something to be said. God will never call a lazy person to go and do great things for him. You're going to have to be doing something naturally. If you just sit back and praying and, and making wonderful confessions, you'll probably be doing that 20 years from now. All right. God looks for people who are busy. He looks for people who are doing something. You know, he's not looking for people who just pray. You need to be a person of prayer, but prayer is not the only, is not it, it. You know, there's more to this Christian walk than prayer. There's more to this Christian walk and even coming to church. But the Lord told this pastor to that he needed to get this, this young man needed to get a job and keep it. And also um, to get in church and be faithful. So unfaithfulness is one of the reasons why we don't take advantage of the spiritual, or what hinders us from understanding the spiritual advantage. Laziness, some of us are just pure lazy when it comes to, it's easier to get a word from someone than to really hear from God for yourself. It takes more faith to get in your face and stay in that word and to walk out what God has already said. God, some of, some of you all are waiting for God to unfold everything that he has for you. He's not going to do it. He, I'm telling you, you find through the scripture, he's going to walk you through stages. And as you're faithful over little, he'll make you faithful over a lot. All right, here, here are the applications. I got three applications, really four, and they, they, they overlap. Here are the applications. We're talking about spiritual advantage. We have the spiritual advantage. Say that I have the spiritual advantage. Now, the first application is you, you need to commune and talk with the Holy Spirit. Talk with him, not talk to him, talk with him. Learn to develop a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you know, lead me, guide me, direct me. How do I do my job better? How do I get rid of this pain in my leg? How do I get rid of this pain in my elbow? Now be open for him to tell you about your eating or to stay away from certain foods or certain drinks. Learn to listen to that. Well, I just trust him to take it all away. He can do that, but sometimes he will lead you what not to do or, to, to, or lead you to, to stop doing something. I remember one time I was... Um, you know, praying concerning prosperity in my life. And the Lord, the Lord, Holy Spirit said, I need you to stop talking about my preachers. Uh, these are, and at the time I was complaining about some famous preacher or well-known preachers. 
And the Lord says, get your mouth off of my preachers and I'll prosper you. Sometimes it's something simple as that. So learn to talk with the Holy Spirit. If you're taking notes, write that down. Talk with the Holy Spirit. Every day, look, learn to talk with him. Two, look to him. So when you're making decisions, even in the small things, Holy Spirit will lead you. So learn to practice looking to the Holy Spirit. Look to him. Holy Spirit, on the inside, what, what, which direction should I go today? Holy Spirit, you know, I, I have all this stuff to, to, to get done. Lead me. How, how do I get this done? How do I have a productive day? How do I do everything that I need to do? Holy Spirit will give you wisdom and guidance. He'll, he'll lead you. So look to him. Practice looking to him. So when you're talking to somebody, look to him on the inside. He'll lead you concerning what to say, what not to say. I, I've made this mistake. A few times. Y'all want to know what it is. This, this is a mistake I've made. One of the mistakes I made repeatedly is I've shared things with people that I shouldn't share it with. I've shared favor with people that I shouldn't share. If you know my heart, I, I love, if I find something good, I want to tell everybody about it. And I violated this by sharing extra stuff with people. And they've taken advantage of that, <laughs> you know, spiritual advantage. They've taken advantage of that and got ahead. I learned to, to not, you know, I learned not to share my favor with everybody. I can't bring everybody up. <laughs> when I go up, that, that, I can't bring everybody with me. And if you know my heart, I, I try to bring everybody, cousin, uncle, whoever. Come on up with me. But that, God doesn't have that for everybody. And so you, you can't bring everybody up when God brings you up. When God exalts you, you know, sometimes he just exalts you. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due time, God will exalt you. So when God exalts you, listen to this. This is something, I know this is going to help somebody. Sometimes what happens is people say, oh, that person is hard to deal with. Oh, that person, oh, he, they're evil. Oh, you know, all, this, all these words, negative words, cussing words about this individual. But what I found out is that's their relationship with that person. And just because they experience that with that person doesn't necessarily mean that I will experience that with that person. Learn to, to understand that they may be an evil person and they may have some ungodly ways, but guess what? That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to experience those ungodly ways because the Bible says this. When a man pleases, his ways pleases the Lord, God will even make his enemies at peace with him. And so just because somebody had a bad experience with a company or with an individual doesn't mean that your your situation will be just like that person. All right. So learn to look to him in everything you say, how you talk and respond to people. Learn to look to him. Learn to say the right words. Learn to, I, I, you know, learn to not tell everything that comes to you. God is not the will of God for you to share everything that you have with somebody. You should not, just like you shouldn't undress in front of everybody, you shouldn't share your heart. Some of us have shared our hearts when it's only supposed to be for the Lord. There's some things God doesn't even want you to share with even your spouse. That's between you and God. 
There's some things that should only be between you, God, and your spouse. Some things that should only be between you, God, and your pastor, and so forth. You should share everything that's on your heart, everything that you're doing. And just like Joseph, you got some haters, and there are people who will take advantage of. There's people that I've made a decision recently to pull back and cut off. I'll be nice to them, but I will not. Um, they will not have the space in my life anymore. Why? Not because I'm being mean, not because they've done anything, but just because they have the wrong spirit. And, and you, you pay attention to that. Say, nah, I love you. I forgive you if you've done anything um, f in, you know, to me, but I'm not going to give you that space. I'm not going to allow you to come in my space. So learn to look to him in every relationship, on your job, your schoolwork, raising your kids, your grandkids, whatever the case may be, in your retirement, learn to look to him. Spirit of God will lead you how to lose weight. Spirit of God will lead you how to eat. Spirit of God will lead you even how to sleep. Some of y'all are having trouble in sleeping at night. Spirit of God will lead you how to have peaceful sleep every night. He will. He will lead you how to sleep in peace. He'll lead you how to, how to lose weight, how to get in shape, the best shape of your life. He'll, he'll, he'll lead you and guide you concerning saving your teeth, saving your mind. Come on, I'm talking better than you saying amen. And last but not least, I, I said it was four. This is the third one, walk with him. Again, they, they're overlap. So learn to walk with the Holy Spirit. Talk to him. You know, you got the mask now, right? So nobody can think you're crazy. Put your mask on and talk to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what should I be doing right now? Holy Spirit, I, I ask you to help me with this homework. Help me, help me to do this garden. Help me to get my house in order. Help me to get my finances in order. Help me to be a blessing to my church. <laughs> help me. I'm struggling with tithing. Help me to tithe. Help me to honor you. I know that this is the way I should do it. I need your help. And guess what? The Holy Spirit will help you. Some people who are not tithing, right, let me tell you something. I, I, I talk about this a lot because I, I, I'm telling you, I'm led by the Spirit to talk, talk about tithing a whole lot more. Listen, I can't afford to tithe. Well, cut the cable. Yeah. You're paying hundred-something dollars for cable. That's, that's hundred-something dollars towards your tithe. Now you're going to go. <laughs> but I'm telling the truth. You know, cut, cut, cut some things and, you'll, and the Lord will help you find ways to honor him with your money so he can get money to you. <laughs> and my last one is to rely on him. So talk with him, look to him, walk with him, and rely on him. He will lead you, guide you. I, I, I'm, I'm going to emphasize that. The spiritual advantage that we have over the world, we walk with the Holy Spirit. We talk with him. Learn to conversate with you. And the way he responds to you may be a holy suggestion. It may be a knowing. You'll just know that's the way to go. It may seem good. It may be peace. It may be a perception or inner voice. And he chooses to speak to you audibly. That's great. That'll happen to you once, maybe once in a lifetime or so. But learn to follow that which is on the inside of you. I pray that you got blessed by today's sermon. I pray that this, that you'll take, take heed to what I shared with you. It will save your life. It will lead you into victory in every area of your life. I'm not saying that you won't have trials. Remember, the Holy Spirit will prepare you for the battles. 
that is set ahead. He'll prepare you for the trials. He'll prepare you for what is ahead. I'm telling you, he will lead and lead you and guide you. He'll help you pay that PSNG bill down. He'll help you get your own apartment, get your own house. He'll help you get married. Did you hear me? For those singles, he'll help you get married. He'll help you avoid divorce. Sometimes the Lord will lead you to not marry to a certain person because he knows divorce is on the other side of that marriage. You hear me? Learn to follow him. You'll never regret following the Holy Spirit. You'll never regret taking advantage of the spiritual advantage that you have available to you. Let me pray with you. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is alive and well. I pray that your people will take, take the spiritual advantage that they have access to. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.